discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Father, thank you for this morning, this afternoon, this evening, wherever we find ourselves. Thank you for your, your grace. Thank you for your word. I pray for your children that even as we all hear your word, our hearts and our minds are opened to receive. We receive your word with meekness and with gladness. Thank you for great grace ministered to us all. Thank you that our lives are upgraded even as we hear your word. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, my, my message, the message I have for you today, you know, I had, I had one thing, expectations. Wow. Expectations, that's what God told me, expectations. I'm learning from Pastor Iman, so I have very nice topics now. Expectations, expectations. You know, that was all the Lord said to me, expectations. He didn't even give me many scriptures to it. But I know that as I go, it will become clear for you, expectations. If you read in um, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 13, it says, My son, eat thou honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb which is sweet to thy taste. You know, my son, eat thou honey. He's encouraging you to eat honey. Now, is he saying that go and look for honey <laughs> and find some big butter bread? For those of you who were in Ghana some years ago, you know butter bread. Yeah. Butter bread with uh, honey is very nice. You pour, you just open it like that. You pour honey inside. It's very nice. You know, he's not saying go and look for a croissant and open it and put some honey inside and eat it and, and because honey is good my son eat thou honey because it is good and the honeycomb the honeycomb is the the raw honey you know which is sweet to thy taste that's not what he's he's, he's talking about he says look at the next verse. so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul when thou hast found it then there shall be a reward and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Wow. My son, eat thou honey because it is good. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste. You know, the word honey actually deals with the highest form of God's word. If you read in the Bible, you see different levels of God's word. Okay? Different levels of God's word. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, from verse 1, we are exposed to the milk of God's word. So it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Then it says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. 
For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. I have fed you with milk. So there's the milk aspect of the word. Now, when you read the Bible, you don't see a portion where they've written milk, milk only. You know, if, you, if you've noticed, it says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. So there's the meat of God's word. So there's the milk, there's the meat, then there's a strong meat, and then there's the honey of the word. Okay, he's talking about the different levels of growth or maturity. When you are born again into the, into the kingdom, when you are brought into the kingdom of God, you must be exposed to the word of God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. So the word of God has there's, there's the milk of God's word that you may grow thereby. A child, no matter how wonderful or how heavy that child is when the child is born, um, cannot be given certain foods, you know, when it is born. It needs to be given an opportunity to, to grow for the intestines to grow and mature, to be able to handle, you know, certain carbohydrates in certain forms, certain proteins in certain forms, certain vitamins, minerals in certain forms. But all those things, the proteins, carbohydrates, vitamins, and all of that can be given to the child, but in a different form. So it's the same thing, it's the same. The carbo- of course, you eat carbohydrates throughout your life. You eat proteins throughout your life. You eat minerals, vi- uh, vitamins, and all of that throughout your life. But then lipids throughout your life. But then they are... They are given to you in a different form when you are when you're a child, you know. So same word, but with a certain um, level of insight or understanding. That's what he's talking about. So when we talk about the milk of God's word, we're talking about a certain level of understanding of God's word, okay, which is required. If you are born again and you are not fed the word of God, you will not grow. It's as newborn babes, these are the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So there's the milk of God's word. And um, you, you, have to, you have to get it. You have to get it. For instance, one of the things that can qualify as, as milk, okay, is meditation on the word of God. Now, there are different aspects. So meditation is like, uh, it's like a carbohydrate, okay, which you need throughout your life. But then as a newborn babe, you need to learn you need to learn the art of meditation. If you don't learn the art of meditation, you will not grow as you're supposed to. Okay? You will not grow as you're supposed to. So he says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere of the word that you may grow, you know, thereby. Through that, you will grow. Meditation. So every child of God must be exposed. As soon as you're born again, you must be exposed to the fact that you need to meditate on the word of God. In other words, as you read the word of God, pick the scriptures and start thinking about them. If you have ever worried in your life, then you know how to meditate. I'm sure you have worried before. You have worried about the lady not saying yes to you. You have worried about the young man not coming to propose to you. You have worried about getting a, a new job. You have worried about uh, traveling. You know, when you wanted to travel, some of you moved from here. When you wanted to travel, you were, and the, the embassy was not bringing you your, <laughs> your visa. You were wondering, Lord, when shall, when shall I? Is it going to happen? You know, if you have ever worried in your life, then you can meditate. Okay, so there's a teaching of meditation that everyone requires, as a newborn baby requires. If you don't have, if you are not taught that, if a child of God is not taught that when he's born again, that child of God will go for a long time and not have any benefit from the word. You see, because meditation is what brings you into 
benefit into fruitfulness. If you're going to be fruitful, you need to, med- you need to learn how to meditate on the Word of God. And meditation on, the, meditation on the Word of God has to do with pondering over the Word. If you read in Psalm 1, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that, does not, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Then it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Go back to verse 1, so I, I show it to you. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So as a newborn babe, a newborn babe must be thought not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. When ungodly people are talking and giving you advice, you know, now that you're in Canada, you need to uh, do this and do that in order to succeed. You need to marry a white woman and for her to, <laughs> for you to get your papers very quickly, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. You, need, you know what I'm talking about. Many people have been trapped by it. As a counsel of the ungodly, you need to ask God what to do. You need to be taught to ask God what to do. Don't just flow because everybody, this is what everybody is doing. You, you, have, you have a problem of time. Yeah. This is, so, uh, he says, blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Ungodly counsel. You know, get someone pregnant so that um, the person will be compelled to marry you. And then because your child is around, they'll keep you in the system and all kinds of, of things. Not standard in the way of sinners. So as a newborn baby, you need, to, you need to be thought not to stand in the way of sinners or not to enjoy the company of sinners. Okay? Now you are, you are with boozites or you are with, you know, you weren't smoking before, but now you are smoking because they say the place is cold. So you need to, you, need to, you have to hit your system, you have to hit your body. So now you are smoking. You have to, you, are, you, you weren't drinking before, now you are drinking. It's, it's the way of sinners. That you are in the way, you are following the way of sinners nor seated in the seat of the scornful. Those who scorn God and his word and say that, oh, God is not important. What is all this? Oh, well, I mean, you don't, need to, you don't need to follow the Lord. You don't need to do church. You don't need to do this. You don't need to do that. Yes, yeah, you, are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are here. Let's, let's do whatever. You know, the seat of the scornful. They scorn the things of God, scorn God, scorn his word, scorn everything concerning him. And it says, but his delight, his joy, his excitement is in the law of the Lord or in the word of God. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Then he lets you know what will happen to him. He says, next verse, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he, shall, whatsoever, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Rivers of water. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. So you bring forth your fruit in your season, in whatever season that you find yourself in. There are various seasons of life. But in every season, you'll be on top. That's what he's telling you. This meditation will put you on top. So there's the milk of God's word. For instance, what I'm saying now is, is, is milk. But then it can be meat. It can also be strong meat. And it can also be honey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It depends on what level you are on. You know, as children of God, we, we, we grow from one level to the other. If you read in First John chapter 2, you see three major classes of development for Christians. You see little children. If you read in First John 2, 1, he says, My little children, he starts off by addressing little children. My little children, these things write down to you that you sin not. You see, the little children are full of sin. They are encompassed about with plenty guilt, plenty sin. Then he says, And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You see, so then he says, and he's a propitiation for us, for our sins, and not for our sins only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 
So he's addressing the young, the, the children, and he, he says, I'm writing to you so that you, you sin not. He's encouraging them. Then he says that, but if any man sin, we have an advocate to the Father, Christ Jesus, who is the righteous one, and he's a propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. So different levels. Children require milk to grow. Okay? They require milk to grow. Hallelujah. Then you, you, when you go on in, in, verse, in verse 12, you see um, 12, 13, 14, you see him addressing young men as well. So 12 says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. Have you noticed that he still, when he mentions children, he says sins. He's always mentioning, he's talking about sin because that's all they know. That's all they know. They, the only relationship they sustain with the Lord is, Lord, forgive me. I just did this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And then the Lord, they know the Lord has forgiven them. And then they continue their life. Then they do something like, oh, Lord, forgive me. That's all. That's the only relationship they sustain with the Lord. But sustaining a relationship that has to do with fellowship with him in joy, you know, getting to know him in, in, in intimacy is a thing of, it's is, is not even known. It's far from them. They don't, they don't understand that. Okay, but that's what the older people know or the fathers know. Look at the next verse, First John 2, 13. I don't know if you're enjoying what I'm sharing with you. Yeah. I, I, I'm, what, what I'm supposed to talk about, I've not touched yet. So I'm just going around so I can touch it for you, okay? He says, I write unto you fathers. So he's talking about fathers now. I write unto you fathers. How or why? Because you have known him that is from the beginning. The word known there is intimacy. You have, un- you have had intimacy with the one who is from the beginning. They don't, only, they don't know uh, the God who forgives sins. They know the God who is from the beginning, the one who is from ancient past. They have had intimacy with God. This, you have known him. Paul says that I may know him. You know, that I may know him, that I may have intimacy, real intimate knowledge of who he is, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know? But let's continue. He says, I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him. That is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. You know, you see, in this case, for the little children, it says, I write unto you because you have known the Father. They are now getting to know the fatherhood of God. But for the fathers, it says, you have known him, that is from the beginning. That is from the beginning. Hallelujah. So there are different levels. And there are even minute, uh, minute levels, you know, with respect to our growth. Maybe some other time we can, we can cover it. But I'm talking to you about the Word of God and how important it is. And how the Word of God helps you shape your expectation. Okay? Without the word of God, you will not have a certain kind of expectation. Hallelujah. So, I've spoken to you about the milk of God's word. Okay? Apart from the milk of God's word, there's the meat of God's word. So, if you remember 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able Next verse, look at the next verse. He's going to say some more things about children. He says, for you are yet carnal. So those who are babes in Christ or who decide who are not growing or who have stayed on a particular level for a long time and uh, need, you know, there's a difference between someone who is a child, someone who just came in and is a child, and someone who has been in for a long time and is not growing. There's a difference between the two. Okay? The word um, child in First Peter 2.2, is Pideon, okay, which, which, which is um, uh, a child who is, who is growing, a growing child, okay? Is it true? Yeah, a, a child who is, who is growing, 
Okay, but then there's another reference to the word child, which is not Pideon, but Nepius. And that has to do with people who are not growing as they're supposed to. If you read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul says something. He says, that we hence will be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in which to deceive. Have you seen it? That we hence, so he's talking about we growing in the Lord. If you read from verse 11, you see it. He tells you why he gives us pastors and prophets and evangelists and apostles and all of those people. He says, they are for the perfection of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, to we all come in the image of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. He's showing you that we have to grow. Then he goes on to say, you have to grow so that you will not be children anymore okay so this this is these are the children who are refusing to grow these are the i refuse to grow type of children and the word children here is nepius nepius one who is a babe he's not growing as he's supposed to he has refused to grow because he's not eating as he's supposed to he's not resting as he's supposed to he's not exercising as he's supposed to He's not drinking as he's supposed to. Not beer or, or Guinness. I'm talking about drinking water. He's not drinking water as he's supposed to. You know, he's not doing all the things that he's supposed to do in order to grow. He's had stunted growth. Okay? If, if, um, you, if you know about malnutrition, you, know, you can have a child who, um, because it's not getting a certain type of nutrient, has refused, it's not growing in a certain way. Uh, it's, it's the same spiritually speaking. Okay, and the word of God has a key, it has a key place in our growth. Without the word of God, you will not grow as you're supposed to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that is the difference. They are, they are children who are nepios. They are refusing to grow. If you read in 1 Corinthians 13, verse um, 11, look at 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Paul says, when I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. But when I, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Have you seen it? Yeah. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So there are childish things in the kingdom of God. Uh, yeah, the word child, yeah, I, I think it's Nepius too, if you can check for us. Is it Nepius? First, first Corinthians 13, 11. Yeah, yeah, which one? Is it a child? The first. the first one, yeah. It says, when I was a child, when I was a Nepius. When I was a child who, was not, who is not growing as I was supposed to, I speak as a child before I understood as a child, before I thought as a child. Is it not supposed to be the other way around? Yeah, yeah. You are supposed to think, understand before you talk. Yeah. But children who are refusing to grow talk ra- before understanding, before thinking. Yeah. She says, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So God is expecting you to put away childish things as you grow. So he says, handling is good. So that scripture is a call to maturity, a call to growth. Do you understand? Proverbs 24, verse 13 says, My son, eat thou honey. In other words, graduate from milk. Graduate from meat. Graduate from strong meat. Eat honey. My son, eat thou honey. Proverbs 24, 13. Because it is good. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy, to thy taste. Verse 14. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. When thou hast found it, then there shall be a reward. 
<laughs> then there shall be a reward. Sometimes there are Christians who are not getting a certain kind of reward because they are eating, they are, they are supposed to be eating honey, but then they are eating milk. And their expectation shall not be cut off. The expectation shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So go back to First, first Corinthians chapter 3. I don't know if you're learning anything. You must grow. You have to grow. You can't remain on the same level forever. Your expectations will not be cut short when you eat honey. So God wants you to increase. He wants you to grow. Okay? He wants you to grow. He says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Verse 3 says, For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying. So what makes someone a child? Envying. Envying. And strife. And divisions. Are ye not carnal and walk as men? And walk as men. In other words, he's not expecting to walk as a man. He's not expecting to live like a normal person. Like someone who's just walking on the streets. He wants you to have a different life. Because he's giving you his life. Do you see? Envying. Do you understand envying? Let, let's, let's read the Amplifier. I'm sure the Amplifier will help us a little bit. Envying. You can check the dictionary. If anyone has a dictionary here, you can check it for us. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh, under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, are you not unspiritual of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? Wow. Envy. So envy makes you a child. Okay? Jealousy. They don't, we don't understand. Do you, do you have a dictionary? Who has a dictionary? You have a dictionary? Say it to me. Envy is a feeling of discontent. A feeling of what? Discontent. Or resentful longing. Aroused by someone else's possessions. Or what? Possessions, qualities, or lack. Wow. What a shock. Envy. Jealousy. Wrangling. Factions among you. Grow out of those things. This one has done this to me. This one did that to me. He said this to me. She said that to me. She didn't greet me. She didn't mind me when she was passing by. She didn't invite me to the meeting, to the party. She did the birthday party. She didn't, she didn't tell me about it. She didn't call me to the birthday. She didn't do, she didn't, they didn't celebrate me when I was celebrating my birthday. Nobody called me. Nobody visited me. Nobody did this to me. Nobody did that to me. No, babe. He says, grow up, grow up. Grow up. My son, eat thou honey. Eat thou honey. So these things makes you a child. Okay, as you grow, you, you, you get into the meat of God's word. You get into the meat of God's word, where the word of God, you know, you, you can be fed on a higher level. For instance, messages that always, you know, pat you on the back and lets you, um, to, it gives you a certain sense of comfort and uh, pampering, you know, are all messages for children, actually. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. For instance, if all I, I, I can do when I meet you to talk to you as a child of God is to tell you about increasing in faith, 
and uh, you know, uh, exposing yourself to the love of God and all of that is actually on a certain level. But when I start talking to you about service to God, you see, when a child, when a child is growing, okay, when, when a child is born, the child is not given responsibility. Yeah, true. True. The fact that you don't have responsibility is a show that you are a child. Do you see? It's a show that you're a child. We don't give children responsibility. You can't tell your four-year-old to wash your car. That is child labor. Isn't it? That is child labor. There's a problem. Child abuse. You can't do that. You can't tell your, your seven-year-old to, uh, to cook for you and clean the house and make sure everything is fine. You can't do that. But when that child grows and gets to 12, 13, 14, you realize that you can let the child do some things. You can tell the child, do the laundry, do the dishes, do this one, do that one. Responsibility, giving a child responsibility is a sign, is a connotation that the child is mature, is growing. So there's a meat of God's word which exposes you to service to the Lord. I don't know if you get it. It exposes you to the responsibility aspect of the gospel. Because there is a responsibility. It, it lets you know about the kingdom. It's called the gospel of the kingdom. There are differences in the word of God, actually. Okay? There's a gospel of the kingdom. And Paul spoke about how that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. If you read in Acts chapter 20, verse 18, look at Acts 20, 18. You'll be surprised what is in the Bible. You'll be surprised that all these things are in the Bible. He says, and when they were come unto him, he said unto them, ye men, ye know from the first day that I came unto Asia, into Asia, after that, after what manner I have, I have been with you all at us, you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Next verse, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, and not knowing the things that shall befall me, Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, seeing that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither can I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus, to testify the grace, the gospel of the grace of God. So he preached the gospel of the grace of God. Okay, next verse. That's one aspect. It says, and now, behold, I know that ye are all among whom I have gone, preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Apart from preaching the gospel, of the, the gospel of grace, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And the gospel of the kingdom exposes you to the fact that there's a king and you are his subject. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is our king and we are his subject and we must do something for him. Wow. wow. <laughs> a child will never be exposed to that kind of knowledge. So you can imagine how many children are in the body of Christ. Yeah, because as far as many people are concerned, you just go to church and come home. You know, they've not been exposed to the service aspect of um, the word. The fact that Jesus was made, you made Jesus the Lord of your life when you got born again. When you got born again, you made Jesus the Lord of your life. That's what you did. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, we, he, we make, we confess his lordship, his rulership. Okay, let's look at it. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, you confess his lordship. Over, you don't say you don't confess his brotherhood over your life. You don't confess his fatherhood over your life. You confess his lordship, his lordship over your life. And shall believe in thine heart that God has risen from the dead, thou shall be saved. You confess his lordship, meaning that he owns you. He owns you. The Lord owns you now. 
Your life is not yours. That is why Paul, Paul knew these things. You know, Paul had been exposed to the honey of God's word, to the sweet part of God's word. He was exposed to it. Okay, so he, he didn't... Look at what you were saying in the verses that we just read. He says, I'm going to Jerusalem. And everybody's saying that I'm going to bonds and afflictions that await me in Jerusalem. But none of these things move me. None of the things that they are saying move me. Can you imagine going somewhere, you know you're going to be arrested and killed, and you are still journeying towards that side? What information do you have? What are you thinking about? What are you seeing? What are you thinking about? That you'd want to go where you know they are going to catch you and kill you. A prophet came and took his, his ghetto, Paul's, Paul's waist ghetto, and bound himself, Prophet Agabus in the Bible. He bound himself and said that the man who is the owner of this ghetto shall be bound like this in Jerusalem. I mean, there were signs, there were, there were words that were spoken, prophetic words that were spoken concerning his possible death, okay, bound, bound, his possible imprisonment and death in Jerusalem as he was going. Yet he said, I am going to go. Acts 20, 20, look at Acts 20, 23. This guy had been exposed to not only the milk or the meat, you know, meat has to do with service. That's what I'm talking about now. But they had been exposed to strong meat and honey. The honey of God's word is laying your life down for him. Our master laid his life down. What are we going to do for him? <laughs> Our Lord, he says, honey is good, it's sweet. If you knew how your glory was embedded in your seeming suffering and sacrifice for the Lord, you will do everything possible to make sure you, you sacrifice and suffer for the Lord. Normally, we don't know that our, our real joy is in serving the Lord and in sacrificing for him and suffering for him. I'll come to that point. Let me, let me show you this. Acts 20, 22. It says, And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me or wait for me. Bonds and afflictions are with me in Jerusalem. Next verse, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. Can you imagine? This guy was eating honey. His life was not dear unto himself. Jesus was exposed to honey. That is why when he came, he laid down his life. He says, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it back. Wow. If you are not careful, you'll be in the body of Christ, you'll be a child of God, and you are not, you don't, it's not even part of your thoughts. It's not part of your thoughts that we have to live for the Lord. I have to sacrifice for the Lord. I have to live, I have to, what, what have I done? The Son of God has laid down his life for me. What, have I, what am I also doing? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amazing. Amazing. But none of these things move me, neither can I my life dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Amazing. Says nothing is going to prevent me from doing that. I'll finish my ministry. The action of God who don't know they even have a ministry. You have a ministry, brother. You have a ministry, sister. You are called of God. Yeah. Don't just be milk. Milk based. You know, oh. We are going, we are, we are. For instance, it took, it took something for you to, some, some people didn't stay online when COVID-19 took them out of the body of Christ. Or exposure to certain things took them out of the body of Christ. You see, because they were only exposed to milk. But uh, you see, God has sent me to tell you that he's calling you to something higher.
okay, to something higher, to service for him. For instance, as a child of God now, you see, you are in Canada church, you are all in Canada. It should come into your heart that I need to do something for the Lord. You should decide to grow up in the Lord, okay, and possibly start a church somewhere in Canada. I don't know if you are quiet, but I'm quiet. They are quiet here. It should come into what is what else is your is your reason for being there? What else? What else? Why are you there? Why are you in Canada? Why were you born there? Why were you given the opportunity to go there? If that is not the reason, if the reason is to uh, get a good job, get a wonderful wife, have children, um, what else? Drive a good na- a good car, change the cars here and there every now and then. Do some business here and there, you know, bring some goods down to Ghana and sell, to Nigeria and sell, or to Kenya and sell, depending on where, where you are coming from, or to Haiti and sell, or Dominican Republic to sell. I mean, if that's all it's all about, then let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. So your expectations will not be cut short because everybody has expectations. Do you know everybody has? A, we all have expectations. We have great expectations concerning various things. You know, you have a, an expectation concerning your family. You you have setting. You know, you are thinking about how your family is supposed to look like. How your husband will be so tall, dark, dark, deadly, and handsome. You know, six pack with two big breasts. His chest is, is, has a valley in there where you can lay your head, you know, and hear his heart beat. Hey, you have expectations. That someone said the, 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 the valley will be the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> you have expectations. You know, you have expectations concerning your children, how your children will grow up and they will be, they will, you'll grow up in the Lord and become wonderful people and all of that. They'll have, also have a nice family and all of that. Your expectations will not be cut short if you eat honey. <laughs> if you eat, the way for your expectations not to be cut short. You see, I'm not the one saying it. I wish I were the one saying it. But it's in the Bible, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 13 to 14. My son, eat thou honey because it is good. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. He says, The knowledge of wisdom will be unto your soul. Like you become wise by eating the honey of God's word. You, your wisdom cannot be fathomed. Okay? The honey of God's word is exposure to sacrifice, to suffering on his behalf. Hey. For the sake of his body. Listen, Jesus said, the one who keeps his life shall lose it. That's what Jesus said. If you keep your life, you will lose it. So all the, it's children who keep their life. It's children who keep everything. You, know, you can give a child biscuits or toffee and tell the child to give you some. And she will say, mm, it's mine. I'll give it to you. You see. The height of God's word is exposure to um, 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 knowing about the, 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 the biggest thing you can do in the kingdom of God, which is to, to suffer for his sake or to make some sacrifices for his sake. If you don't want your expectations to be cut short, that's what you do. 
the prosperity you are looking for, it is in your sacrifice. It is in your suffering for his behalf, on his behalf. It's in your making decisions for him. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. Probably we can, we can even read, you know, from up. Let me, let me find where we can read it from. Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 24. Wow. I like what I'm sharing with you. I don't know if you like what I'm sharing with you. I'm not, I don't know if you're expecting this one. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. What does it mean to deny yourself? To stop thinking about yourself. Your life, preserving your family, preserving your, your status, preserving your, your properties, preserving your, your feelings. Hey! <laughs> Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You see, this is not pleasant. It's not pleasant. These things, it's like, it's not pleasant. That is why you don't hear it much. You don't hear it much. I mean, how many churches will you go to and you hear, This is our year of suffering? <laughs> 31st December. The pastor is coming to declare the year. He says, Dear ladies and gentlemen, this is our year of suffering. Everybody will be quiet. Hey, pastor, why? This is our year of sacrifice. This is our year of dying. Dying about what? <laughs> it's not pleasant. That is why it is honey. It's difficult to get honey. The, the bee will sting you. You'll be surprised. It's not easy to get it. Yeah. It's not popular. It's not. But that is what you need for your, for your expectations to be preserved there. That's what you need. For expectation not to be cut short, that's what you need. You need the honey of God's word. Yeah, you need the honey of God's word. Keep your finger here. Let me show you about the honey and then we'll come back. Okay, so I know he's talking about the word. If you read in Hebrews chapter 6, um, verse, verse, um, verse 4, Hebrews 6 from verse 4. For it is impossible. It is impossible for those who are, who are once enlightened, then it says, and have tasted of the heavenly gifts and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. And I've tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Okay, he calls it the good word of God here. The good word of God is the honey of God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let me show you. Uh, there are some scriptures in, in Psalms that lets you know that the word is honey. Okay. David talks about it a lot. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Psalm, Psalm 19 um, let's read from verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testing of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Have you seen it? Yeah. He's calling the word of God honey and honeycomb. So don't make any mistakes about it, okay? Okay. Psalm 119, verse 103. Psalm 119, verse 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Are you seeing it? The word of God is honey. It's called the good word of God. Okay, the good word of God. So that's what he's talking about, he's talking about the word. And like I said, there are aspects of it. There's one for children, it's for babes. And I've showed you. Then there's one for 
you must that one that is for you must mature into it. Yeah. Sacrifice. Hey. Go back to Matthew. Matthew sixteen twenty four. Then said Jesus unto the disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's a cross for you. What does a, a cross represent? Suffering. It represents sacrifice. It represents death. Yet Jesus says, take up your, if you follow me, take up your cross. If you want to follow me. Are you following Jesus? Follow the ladder. Follow the ladder. If you want to follow Jesus, he says, take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. You don't want your expectations to be cashed up? Take up, take up your cross. Easy. I, I felt, you know, when I was making certain decisions for the Lord, I felt like I would never prosper again in my life. But I've prospered more than a lot of people. Yeah. I've prospered. It's, it's, it surprises them that I'm prosperous. Because they didn't think anything good would come out of, you know, the sacrifice, the seeming sacrifice I was making for the Lord and for his work and for, you know, getting things done. They didn't, they didn't think anything good would come out of it. But the sacrifice I made eh, has brought flourishing. That's flourished me and flourished others. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. Plenty is coming. Yeah. Look at the next verse 25. For whosoever will save his life will lose it, shall lose it. Do you understand? Whosoever will save his life, the person shall lose it. If you want to save your life in any way, in any form, if you want to preserve your life because of the expectations you have, we preserve our lives because of what we expect. We, we have a certain hope. We are looking up to, you know, why don't you want to um, go for certain kinds of evangelism? Because I'll be too tired. Maybe when I come back from work, I'll be too tired. I'll not be able to get rest, enough rest, and go to work the time I want to go to work. Or you give excuses, oh, I'm too tired. You know, this is this is too cold. We can't move around. We can't call this person. We can't do this. We can't do that. We can't do this. We can't do that. So... Let's, let's just be in our rooms and enjoy our lives, enjoy our families, enjoy our hot tea, and enjoy, you know. But if you want to go and buy something at the mall, you will go. Hey. Receive grace to be able to do what God wants you to do. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. These are Jesus' words. They are in red. This is the, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not somebody else. It's Jesus. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. What a bundle of contradiction. It says, when you lose your life for my sake, you shall find it. This is honey. My son, eat thou honey. <laughs> my son, my daughter, eat thou honey. Hmm? Look at the next verse. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there, shall, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Our key scripture, Proverbs, verse 24, verse 30. My son, eat thou honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be unto thy soul. It says you shall be wise, real wisdom. Mm-hmm. Real wisdom is in tasting the honey of God's word. It's in eating the highest level of God's word, which is laying down your life for him. Then he says, when thou hast found it, then shall 
then there shall be a reward. Have you seen it? Then there shall what? There shall be a reward. In other words, you shall have rewards when you start eating the honeycomb, when you start relating with respect to the honey. Oh, you don't understand. That is why in Matthew chapter 16, where we're reading, he said that the Lord shall come with his angels and he shall have his reward with him. His reward is for those who learn to live for him and learn to sacrifice for him and learn to suffer for him, for his kingdom to be built, for the sake of his kingdom's, for his kingdom's construction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want my expectation to be cut short. Yes. And the expectation shall not be cut off. Your expectation shall not be cut off. Your expectation shall not be cut off. It's all embedded in eating the honey of God's word. Exposing yourself to that kind of word which drives you to live for him, to sacrifice for him, to die for him. To make decisions for him. To lose your life for him. Not to preserve your life. That is the honey of God. That is the sweetest, the, the sweetness in sacrifice. The sweetness in suffering for him. And the sweetness in dying for him. It's nice. It's the nicest thing you can ever think about. It's the nicest thing you can ever think about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's the nicest thing you can ever think about. As a child of God, you are called to build his kingdom. That is our calling. We are the stones that are turned into the building of the Lord. First Peter chapter 2, verse 5, lets you know that we are living stones. Okay? We are living stones. You are also lively, also as lively stones or living stones are built up a spiritual house. You have to be built up to become a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. The stone, we come into the kingdom of God as stones. We must be converted to become a spiritual house for the habitation of God. And that has to do with our maturity, our growth, our growing. Growing into getting to the place where you don't live for your life only, but you live for his kingdom, for his word, for his work, not only for your life, not preserving yourself, not living in the place where there's jealousy, offense, this one did this to me, this one did that to me. That's ba- I'll, show, I'll show you that, that's babes. Sli- living in the council of the ungodly. Oh, everybody's fornicating, so let's fornicate. Listen, everybody's struggling not to fornicate. Everybody's struggling not to commit adultery. The ability to stay and say no is a sacrifice. It's a suffering. You suffer. You say, no, I'm not going to do this. And the ladies are doing all of that to you. Like, no, I'm not going to do this. It's a form of suffering. You are suffering for the Lord so that you will not dishonor him. He says he will reward you for it. Yeah. There are people who are duping people and doing all kinds of things, but then you decide that I'm going to do it the way God wants me to do it. Hey, it's a suffering. Do you understand? Yeah. God doesn't want your expectations to be, because you see, when you are not in the realm of um, living for the Lord, eh, you are exposed to, to the devil. Anything, the devil can do anything. He can smash your hopes. He can smash your expectations. He can destroy all the things that you are looking at, you know, all the things you are trying to preserve. That's why Jesus said the one who keeps his life, saves his life, shall end up losing it. Yeah. He's saving his life because he has some expectation. I, I want to have this. I want to have that. I want to have this kind of whatever. Listen, grow out of it. I pray I get another opportunity to expand it some more for you. Yes. Wow. All too soon, I have to bring our message to an end. I hope I've, I hope I've stirred you up 
to, to live for the Lord, to live for your master. Let me show you one last scripture and I'll close. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, verse 13. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constrains us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Our master and savior Jesus Christ came and didn't preserve his life. He didn't preserve his life. That is the honey of God's word. He didn't preserve his life. He gave his life. He laid down his life. For what purpose? For you, so that you will come in. Paul said, with that suggest that if one died, then we are all men dead. He died for all, so that they which live, those of us who are alive, will not henceforth live unto ourselves. God don't, doesn't want you to live unto yourself any longer, but unto him which died for them and rose again. He wants you to live for him. Live for his purposes. Live for his reason. Live for, live for, live for something higher than the basic needs of life. That's basically what God is trying to tell you. If you live for the basic needs of life, your hopes will be smashed. But when you give your life for his purpose, eh, for his kingdom to be built, for someone else to be saved, for someone else to come in, for someone else to be stabilized in the kingdom of God, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So brothers and sisters, this is what God says I should tell you. Stop living for yourself. Start living for him. Stop living for yourself. Stop li- start living for him. Stop living for yourself. Start living for him. Do more than you were doing before. It's difficult. There are difficult times, but you can still do something. Are you able to go to work? If you're able to go to work, you can talk to somebody. If you're able to go to the mall, you can stop someone in the mall and talk to somebody and bring them into the house of God. Let's build the house of God. Let it become bigger. What is wrong with us having a 5,000-seater in, in Canada, in Toronto? You know, changing people's lives for the sake of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and His kingdom. The Lord has sacrificed. Let us also sacrifice. That is the honeycomb. That is the honey and the honeycomb of his word. And your expectations shall not be cut short. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your children. Thank you that from henceforth, we'll, we'll go for your honey. The honey of your word. And our lives will make meaning in your kingdom. We will matter in your kingdom. We will not just pass through this world. But our lives in Canada, and wherever we find ourselves in Canada, will make a difference. Our presence there will break, will be a light, your light shining in that place for the salvation of many. Thank you, Father, for stirring us and stirring us up and motivating us onto your work, even in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.